Hi, this is Pastor Wilson with Renew Church. Thank you so much for checking out our podcast. We have a special episode today where we are looking at our church and celebrating our eighth anniversary. We're very excited to share the stories that God has cultivated in our church community and hope that you'd spend this Advent season slowing down and reflecting on His story in your life. If there's an opportunity, please visit us in Brea, California. And also consider partnering with us financially this holiday season. We have several missionaries that we support who are local to our home church as well as seminarians. And we'd love for you to invest in God's work at Renew Church. My name is Wilson. Me and my wife, we got the privilege of planting this church eight years ago. I've been on paternity leave for a few weeks and got to just come in and enjoy the service see Dave slay the mic every week, our worship team, worshiping with them and hanging out with you guys. So the last three weeks, we got a new girl in our family. Her name's Lila, and uh, these are the three of them knocked out. So, so thankful, so thankful. Our boys are awesome, but they will be neglected for the rest of their life. I'm just hanging out with Lila. Um, it's Levi's birthday, by the way, but but we're not celebrating it because Lila. No, I'm just kidding. We're I'm just really grateful, and, and I just talked to Nina as we reflected on our time away that the church we took care of for eight years is taking care of us, and we're just so grateful for all the people who have come over for dinner, dropped off food, gave us DoorDash, left baby clothes on our door, and, and just even taking care of this church week after week. We got to come in and not lift a finger and enjoy some of the best church services, so really thankful for you. This Sunday, we are... Um, sitting on this passage in Psalms chapter 34, verse 3, and instead of explaining it, we're going to apply it. It says, come, let us tell of the Lord's greatness. Let us exalt his name together. And, and I believe that this command from the psalmist wasn't meant for a specific time and place and location, but to reverberate through history. It's supposed to be a command that we apply over and over again to gather together and to talk about how amazing God is. To share the same stories that, that we shared with Abraham of God's faithfulness. But now we see his faithfulness in our life. The same stories that David shared about God fighting alongside of him. And we get to share how God's fighting alongside of us. And so today that's our whole uh, service is sharing stories. And I'll be sharing first. This next photo is me sharing one of my last sermons at Ambassador Church which met here just um, a few months ago. And we got to, they handed off the space to us. But nine years ago, I was on staff for four and a half years as a church planting resident. And then I served as their college and young adult director. But right after that, I decided with Pastor Ray and his blessing to plant Renew Church. And so what's amazing is that this Sunday is actually the same Sunday nine years ago that I left and was sent out of ambassador. It was the last Sunday of November in 2013. And then we get to celebrate our eighth year in 2022. And it's so surreal. It's so surreal to leave this building, to go down to the parking structure and drive off, planting a church with, with 20 people. We had 20 people, $5,000, and a PDF. That's like planting the church with this and five more people. You know, and or this 
and two more people. And, and four of the people was my family. It was like, I, in the 20 people, it was like my mom, my dad, my wife, and me, right? So 16 others. 16 other people besides our immediate family. Uh, Mark and Hiroko Shea, Ben Lee, Kim, Irwin, Mitchell, Philip, Pontiff Kim, um, Zach, as well as Grace and the Whitmores joined just a few weeks afterward. And that was our church planting team alongside of a few others. And then to, like, come back in with this beautiful family of God is humbling and amazing. Uh, we had $5,000 in the bank, which is, like, almost the salary of me and my staffer. It was really close to it. I remember getting home and staring at the phone to make my first phone call to raise up ministry partners financially to help get our church off the ground. And I was nervous. My fingers were clammy. I sat in front of the phone. Then I, like, laid down in front of the phone. Then I rolled around in front of the phone. It was so tormenting. I finally picked up the phone. I called one of my best contacts. Her husband owned a bank. Her daughter grew up with me. We were close friends. And after a five-minute conversation, she gave me a polite no. And I, I like, ended the day there, right? And I was like, man, God, how are we going to get this church off the ground with $5,000, 20 people, most of them college students, and a PDF holding our, our values and our vision and our dreams? But that's all we had. And then it's been eight years. And this is really renewed story of the five loaves and two fish. I think about how the 20 people grew into a strong, multi-generational and diverse family. And when you look around the room, there's people with all these different backgrounds coming together, cultures, gathering around God's word and becoming family with one another. That's a gem. It's precious and rare to be able to not just share our faith, but share in each other's culture so that we understand Jesus bigger and more multifaceted, so that we have a healthier expression of church. I'm so grateful for this multi-ethnic family, and so grateful for our multi-generational family. Again, we started with a bunch of college kids, a few young adults, a very small group of families, and now we have somehow a youth ministry. I mean, there were Sundays where our children's ministry were three kids, and now we have a whole youth ministry. It's amazing. I remember sitting back there for uh, parental leave, you know, I had a week off. I just watched this curtain go back and forth and back and forth. And our junior hires were just playing it with it as Pastor Dave was preaching, right? For like 45 minutes, I was distracted. And you know what I thought? I thought, we have junior hires. Praise the Lord. What else are they going to do during service, right? I threw paper airplanes. Of course they're going to play with the curtain. When I hear a baby start crying, the mom's embarrassed. I'm like, what a beautiful sound. We have babies. I never thought we'd have babies at this church. And then even in our own staff, Pastor Dave and Pastor Christy being on staff with us, alongside of uh, Kristen, Nina, Irwin, and, and Kevin, but for all of us to just have an older brother and sister, and there's moments where we're doing strategic planning, I'm leading that, I'm delegating, I'm leading that, but there's so many moments where Pastor Dave and Pastor Christy have seen me discouraged or hurting or tired. There's, there's staff meetings where me and Nina come in fighting, right? And, and Irwin and Kevin are like, uh-oh, mom and dad are mad. <laughs> and then we break off into our prayer groups, and Nina's complaining about me to Pastor Christy. I'm complaining about Nina to Pastor Dave. And then in the middle of the staff meeting, I'm like, 
sorry, Nina, <laughs> you know, and then we move on. And um, we've just been so blessed by mothers and fathers who have uh, spiritually who have come in and said, we want to build a church for the next generation. We've been so blessed by Steve and Patty. We've been so blessed by my parents. We've been so blessed by Matt and Deanna. And I'm just asking God to bring other mothers and fathers who will adopt us, who will lend us their wisdom and experience and mentor our college and young adults and our young families as well. I remember, again, that phone call and $5,000 in the bank. And then now we have a church where 70% of our members tithe. That's an incredible amount of people who said that they're going to take responsibility for this church's financial health. It's incredible. You know, as a lead pastor, when we're, when we're running out of money, money is all I think about. But when we have enough, I never think about money. I just think about the health of our church, how we can reach out to the city, how we can care and feed our staff. And these years, we haven't had to think about money as a staff team because of your generosity. Nina, um, someone sent in a PayPal, and I don't see it, but Nina's our admin. And she was telling me that a college student wrote, this is my first tithe. I love the church. And we just thought, man, what a precious gift that the Lord sees that. And it's, it's so amazing. Um, me and Nina get insurance from the church this year. That's exciting. We get benefits. Pastor Dave gets benefits. Erwin and Kevin are going to join us full time on staff because of a generous grant and because of your generosity. We're in this beautiful theater. God's set us up here in amazing ways. And then lastly, our PDF turned into our culture. It became tangible. You know, um, Robin and Daniel came over for dinner. They're a newer couple at our church. And from the first couple weeks they came, they just felt called here. And that's so refreshing to me. As a church planter, I'm used to, like, selling our church, you know, like a used car salesman or someone from Amway, like, please join our church, right? That, that smell of desperation. But they just came in, and they're like, we feel called here. And they were reflecting on the first time they came to our church. They walked by the sign that says, for imperfect people only. And they're like, oh, that's a cool sign. Would make a great graphic. And then they sat down at that service. Me and Roy were talking about sexual addiction and David and Bathsheba, they're like, man, they take that sign serious. Like, this is real. They really care about authenticity. And, and then I was talking to Robin about how you could pay for certain things. Like, you could pay for all professional musicians. You could kind of pay for a great stage. If you have enough money, you could pay for an amazing preacher. But you can't pay for culture. You can't pay for a church that really leans on each other and loves one another, is willing to share their wounds with each other, is willing to serve with joy with one another. You can't buy that. And so for me, it's so humbling and amazing to see a church become the vision and values that were just words on a page. It's so easy to type that out and put some graphics to it. But, but this is because of you, because you show up, because you embody the vision and values of Renew. And because you sacrifice to make it happen. God's given us a strong family, healthy finances, and a beautiful space. So that we can be a greenhouse for kingdom dreams and passions to flourish. 
And we've done that through the years. I think about uh, my little book project called To Be and how so many people help write it and draw it and market it. I think about Alpha every year, Ken and Chrissy bring in people who are asking questions or want to delve deeper into the faith. And, and people have become Christian and baptized through Alpha. I think about our sports ministry, Maurice and Hannah leading the volleyball ministry, putting that together. Now we have Antiki, of course, uh, three volleyball courts if we wanted uh, in a beautiful gym, our basketball ministry. There's so much of this church that are seated by your dreams and passions that I didn't bring to the table, that our staff did not initiate, but you brought it. And I hope that as each of you hold a gift from the Lord, a dream and passion for the Lord, that you would have a healthy uh, greenhouse to plant it here. We've dreamt for many years for this church, but I, I think we're big enough and strong enough to hold your dreams as well. And so today we're going to hear from uh, four groups of people, two, two people from each group, about kind of the heart that they brought to our church and the way that God has expanded it as they are here. So first, we're going to hear on video Roy and Jen Kim. They're in Australia, so they recorded for us. But Roy has been such an instrumental uh, minister to our church, helping us set up accountability for sexual addiction. He's a therapist that specializes in that area. But him and Jen are also both in their second marriage, and they have a whole story behind that. They're very open with it. And when they came to our church, they asked, um, is there a space for us to love and support people who have gone through divorce? And we, had, we didn't really have people in that category, but I just saw as God brought someone with that heart and care, he brought people who could, he, they could minister to. And that's what I see over and over again. People walk in with this heart, with this dream, seeding it into our church, and God allowing it to take root and flourish. And so we'll hear Jen and Roy's story, then we'll hear from Esther Lee. Hello from Sydney. This is Jen. And this is Roy. Good day, mate. <laughs> so Pastor Wilson wanted us to share a little bit about our story and um, what we hope will come to fruition um, at Renew. All right, so... Um, We'll share a little bit about how we met and where we were in life. Um, it, it was 2016, which means I was about um, six years removed from my divorce. And I was three years out. I had waited um, quite a long time before I decided I was ready to date again. And um, we were um, trying to find love again. and. Um, we found each other on um, Match.com, and uh, we had both tried a variety of different uh, dating apps. It's uh, it's the wild wild west out there, but somehow we were able to find each other. Um, and I think uh, we were both at a very emotionally and spiritually healthy point in our lives. So. Um, at least I, I wasn't desperate, you know, I was kind of just going on dates for, <laughs> um, for fun. Um, I think I had like a good mindset about it. If I were to meet somebody, great. If not, you know, I had my family, I had my daughter and work. So um, it was a great first date and we're now almost 
four and a half years married. Yeah, our first date was in the city of Fullerton, uh, downtown, at this one uh, tea place called Tranquil Tea. And um, yeah, we hit it off. Helicopter. Oh yeah, excuse the helicopter. Um, I, I think we uh, really connected and just be able to share honestly about uh, where we were in life and uh, you know we didn't hide any facts about um, our past and what we had been through um, some of the pains that we had gone through as well and um, I don't know just you know date after date we felt like more comfortable uh, be able to learn about one another and eventually I was able to after what six months I, I got to meet Audrey mm -hmm. and um, really uh, loved getting to know her as well and uh, we got married in 2018. Mm -hmm. um, so I had um, gone through therapy of my own as well as um, Divorce Care, which is a national um, divorce recovery program that's hosted by churches around the country. Um, whether it's through Divorce Care that we host um, open to the community at Renew or another kind of support ministry, uh, Roy and I really have the same heart and mind to um, offer this kind of sanctuary um, for people going through divorce. And especially for me, I have a heart for um, young single moms since I myself was not even um, 30 when I was going through my trauma. Yeah, and you know, I think we were both um, talking about how it's kind of rare to find uh, divorced uh, people or divorced uh, or remarried uh, couples in the church and it's not as if they don't exist um, but for whatever reason they're hard to find maybe they just sort of isolate themselves or uh, maybe they find that there's not a real place for them in the church with it which I think is really sad um, but I know that Pastor Wilson and the staff don't believe that um, that that should be the case and uh, neither do we uh, we'd love to see more divorcees and uh, remarried people and blended families, um, get to know them, get to uh, hear their stories and, and see how we can uh, have fellowship with one another in Christ. And um, you know, even just be able to ex experience victory together and, and redemption in um, just the different ways that God can heal broken hearts. I think for um, Christians who go through divorce, um, whether at a young age or later in life, there's a lot of shame. And especially in church, you feel like you don't belong. You already feel like you don't belong with your original friend group, and then the church doesn't know what to do with you. So we just want, um, you know, divorce does happen. Uh, we don't wish that upon anyone, but if it does happen, we hope that Renew can be a, just a safe space um, for people to feel understood and not judged, um, a place where they can just rest and, um, find true healing through fellowship and through uh, the love of Christ. Uh, anything else? No. Well, we're off to catch a ferry to uh, Manly Beach. And then after that, we're going to go to um, probably Bondi. And um, uh, we'll see you back home. <laughs> we'll see you back home. And um, as the Aussies say, cheers, mate. <laughs> I love them so much. I love them so much.
Um, I'm going to invite Esther Leah. I'm so grateful, Esther, that you're willing to share your story. Um, do you mind telling us your story and how it impacted you going to church, why it was a little hard to plug in? Um, yeah, as a young Asian single mom with split custody of a four-year-old daughter, it was hard for me to get plugged into a church. Um, I felt shame and reluctance <clears throat> to go back to a Korean church because I knew the stigma against people who are divorced. I was trying hard to get plugged in um, at this Asian American church and even volunteering to serve, attending Zoom prayer meetings and various church-led um, hangouts. But because of my age, I would lean towards people who are single, recently engaged or married without kids. But I knew I didn't quite fit into that group. And um, when I tried to hang out with people who have kids around my daughter's age and talk about parenting-related topics, I felt like I was the only one without the support of a husband. When church family picnics would happen and I would struggle to particip participate in games or socializing with other moms because I was busy chasing after my little one and I didn't have um, extra person to help me. Um, I always felt like um, as if I'm viewed as less complete of a family because my family did not reflect a nuclear family. I will try to look for a spiritual mentor within the church as I navigate through this co-parenting journey, but was unable to find one at my previous church. Thanks for sharing, Esther. Uh, how did Renew feel different, like hanging out with Jen? And how are you extending yourself to support others who have gone through divorce or separation? Um, yeah, so, but when I came to Renew, things were starkly different. I distinctly remember filling out um, Connect With Us form online on the church website. It was Wednesday morning when I filled out the form, and you <laughs> emailed me back that afternoon. Um, you asked me what my family consisted of, and since I checked um, family as my life stage, um, and I just began telling you my story that I have a four-year-old daughter who's looking for a church where a single mom would feel safe, where there's consistent fellowship and a mentor to connect with. And you went ahead and shared the um, episode on the Same Boat podcast series about Jen's story. And then upon hearing that podcast, I was like very much touched. Um, I related with her story and um, you even uh, texted me, put me in a group message with them, and then told me to join their small group that Friday. And then, so I met them, and that following Sunday, um, Jen sat with me and um, invited me out to lunch the following week. And she treated me out, and um, she basically shared more about her story and then listened to mine. And then she shared her heart um, for serving um, ladies who have gone through similar experience like us. Um, I asked her to be my mentor, and she said yes. And um, Renew has been very welcoming from the start for me. I felt like God really led me here to tell me my heart, to, my heart and my desire to serve him is not dismissed nor forgotten. God remembers me and wants me to be part of his family right here where I am at 
flawed, broken, and imperfect, yet covered in his grace. Thank you, Esther. Um, I, I remember emailing you. I remember putting you on a text with that small group. And I remember just holding um, you, even before I met you, with, like, with gentleness and, and with like, God's heart for you. And I know that the space that Roy and Jen created for you, you're going to help like, expand that and create for others too. So we, we love you and we're really glad you're here. Thank you. Um, next, I'm going to invite Nina up, my beautiful wife. And as you guys know, she, <laughs> she just gave birth less than a month ago, but now she's working. She's back to work. And um, Nina is an extraordinary children's pastor. Uh, she was leading out these big churches, but I plucked her out and threw her into a church plant with no children. She had a radio show with hundreds of episodes in L.A. doing devotionals to kids, which she hates me sharing, but it's true. She also plays a cello. Um, and, um, and I want, I don't know if you have heard, but um, she has a pretty deep call into children's ministry. And I was hoping that she, I, was, I asked her to share with us uh, her call to CM, to children's ministry. She has a master's in spiritual formation and also her calling to occupational therapy um, as well. I'm much more normal than how Wilson likes to present me. <laughs> Hi, my name's Nina. Um, yeah, so my story, um, I have always loved uh, kids and uh, being with kids and working with kids, but there was a pretty significant event in my life that steered um, my calling and my heart uh, for children's ministry. So um, in 2004, uh, there was a gas explosion in my cousin's home uh, where I grew up in Australia. Uh, this particular cousin had lived in my home uh, for three years when they first moved uh, to Australia. It was him, his wife, and his two sons at the time. Uh, when the accident occurred, though, uh, they had moved to a different state. Another daughter was added. Um, but so I would just get updates. Um, our family would get updates via the phone. And unfortunately, it would be my niece passing, then the week after my nephew, then the week after my cousin and his wife. And only my eldest nephew um, survived, and he was eight um, at the time. And so when I was finally able to fly down to Sydney to visit, um, to visit him in the hospital, his, his body, head to toe, is covered in bandages maybe like 60-70% third-degree burns. And I just remember all he wanted me to do was read the Bible to him. And so I would just sit there for hours on end with you know, other family members coming in and out, uh, reading the beginner's Bible from pretty much cover to cover. If I would stop or pause, he'd open his eyes, because I, you know, I thought maybe he's asleep, and he'd want me to keep reading. And so, I mean, with that story, there's many layers and complexities, and now he's like 20-something adult, and, um, and, even, and the impact that it has taken on his life and of mine, I mean, he has to live with the physical scars, uh, and, uh, but for me, there was two big, I think, uh, convictions that came out of that. One was, man, I was just thinking, like, you just never know. I, I think like, oh, 
when, with kids, they're young. You have so much time with them. But at a young age, I learned, oh, you just never know how long you really have time with someone. And I just felt this deep conviction of, oh, kids need to hear about Jesus. And then the second um, conviction, or my heart was, my, my prayer was like, oh, Lord, give me your eyes to see people beyond their physical appearance, beyond their abilities, beyond whatever behaviors or anything that else that comes out, but to really see them, uh, yeah, for how God has made them and for how God sees them. Because, right, that's, you know, my nephew, that's just the, how he's had to live his life with people not being able to see kind of like who he truly is. You know, they could just see the scars, like all his fingers are amputated. So living with those disabilities, um, but that's been my heart and my hope as I think about you know, children's ministry activities, as I lead different activities, or just think about the kids that we have um, in our ministry. And it has also just translated over to my work as an occupational therapist. And I work with kids with various um, disabilities as well. And I think that's just my, yeah, my continual heart and hope is how can we see um, the kids around us as God sees them. Thanks, Nina. Thank you for sharing. We're really grateful at our children's ministry to have um, kids who have special needs. They're really precious to us. And so I asked um, Jin and Joe to share their story about Bennett. We're really like amazed that you guys came to our church. And um, yeah, thankful for your son as well. Hi, my name is Joe, and this is my wife, Jin, and we have a five-year-old son named Bennett. And well, Pastor Wilson texted us to share a little bit of story about Bennett and, and how awesome the children's ministry is. Just to share a little background about our family and our son, we've had the privilege to share more of the extended version with our small group, but today, due to time, we'll just stick to a very short version. So. Our son Bennett was born five years ago, very healthy child, no complications, you know, our first kid. Um, but 10 days after his birth, um, he contracted a brain infection that was, uh, could have been deadly. So we rushed to the hospital and, um, you know, he was fighting for his life at the ICU for a few weeks. And, you know, we almost lost him and, you know, the doctors came in one by one just telling us to pray, just pray, right? When the doctor tells you that, then you know it's really bad. Um, so our, our worlds just changed one in one day and, you know, that led to multiple medical complications, two brain surgeries, and now a life of uh, being medically complicated and just developmental delays and disabilities and all this the, everything that comes with it. So, um. I just want to share how Bennett was blessed through the children's ministry. First and foremost, thank you for all the volunteers to the children's ministry from the past and present. It's a very neglectful ministry, so we just want to thank you. And especially those children um, volunteers that have been taking care of Bennett. Because when we were looking for a church, as we transitioned out of our church, we wanted a church that accepted Bennett for who he is. And that's very important. And 
From the first impression, something that stood out for both of us is as we walked into a broken down gym in Fullerton. <laughs> I always wonder if rats will fall down from the, the ceilings. I was like, that phrase, for imperfect people only, that really stood out to us because first and foremost, we are sinners and imperfect before God. And in, to the world, Ben may be imperfect to the worldly standards. And when we first came, Bennett was accepted, and through his motions and his actions, I believe that Bennett knew this will be his home church because he just ran into the classroom with, with joy and with happiness, and he didn't really say bye to us. He just neglected us. <laughs> and once again, thank you for all those volunteers. And I just want to say once again, to the children ministry, it's awesome. Just to add a little bit, um, I think another thing that really stood out to us in the children's ministry was when we first got there, we went upstairs and we talked to Nina and all the volunteers about a little bit about his history, what to expect, um, any signs for when to call us right away because it might prompt a medical emergency. You know, that didn't really affect Nina at all. She just took it, listened validated, accepted him. It didn't scare her or any of the volunteers, um, which helped us feel like, okay, maybe we're not too much. <laughs> maybe Bennett is not a lot for the church and the ministry to handle. So we really felt safe. We felt like we could just really leave him upstairs and then come down to worship with other adults. So we were very thankful for that and the last thing we were also asked to share was how can the church or this just the community as a whole support families that have children or families other families with special needs so this is a very it, it's a very lonely isolating road most parents we don't we didn't sign up for this right we most parents don't sign up for this this life it's it's it can be very hard physically spiritually emotionally some days are better than others, but you know, there's a lot that comes with it. So I guess the number one, two things. One is have an attitude of curiosity, of non-judgmental stance, of acceptance. You know, every child with the special needs is so different. What may be normal and not triggering for a child that's neurotypical may be very triggering and hard for a child with special needs, right? So just have an uh, idea, uh, an, an attitude of, you know, curiosity, I want to get to know this child. And, you know, when somebody's having a big meltdown, big emotion, you know, just let us be. Just, you know, we already feel really embarrassed and it's hard. Um, but, you know, just be there accepting and being ready to help in any practical way. Um, and number two, also check in with us parents. You know, be, again, I said, like I said, it could be very lonely and isolating. Um, that um, just check in with us, ask us how we're doing, um, if we need anything. I think it's just the practical stuff. And I'm sure there's, there could be people sitting here today that have been impacted by a child or any family or a close friend with medically, medical complications or with special needs or disabilities. And I encourage you to come out and, and, and stand up and you know, share your story. I think we live in hiding, we don't have community, we don't have support that. Where do we turn to? I follow a Facebook group with special needs parents <laughs> with millions of 
you know, people that I've never met, I don't know who they are, and we share so openly, and we come into a virtual community to support each other, but I'm sure there's many of you here, um, and I wanna encourage you to come out and, and you know, come say hi, you know, we'd love to share more details and, and, and hear your story and learn your story and walk together in this journey that can be lonely, scary, and isolating. So we're very thankful that God led us here and, and um, thank you for, for all members and the staff and volunteers that have been so welcoming and really showing God's love and really treating Bennett as a child of God. So thank you. Thank you so much. Um, I didn't, you know, I know that Jin and Joe, sometimes they go small group, they have to take turns because one of them is staying home with Bennett. And so I just wanna do a call for any of you guys who feel called to help them on Friday so that both of them can go to small group to provide care for their son. Uh, would love for people to be willing to do that. Um, it's such a special ministry. We have actually quite a few children's volunteers that have experience with special needs kids. Like I think about, uh, Daphne, who's a special ed teacher, and parents who come in, um, it's just like really amazing to feel cared for. We had a family who had three kids, and a mom came in with her kid who had special needs, and it was describing it to Nina, and Nina's like, oh, it's cool, I'm an OT, I understand, and then she said, man, we've been turned away from so many churches, like no one will take our son, and then they just like cried together. And then she never showed up again. But we're really grateful for you guys and grateful for the space that Nina's created. All right, um, Matt is coming up. Um, really thankful for him and Deanna. There he is. Uh, he runs RFKC. He's a huge part of OC United. And somehow he decided to join our church community. And um, thinking about, yeah, just the impact that you've already made in our church, Matt, and how you jumped in to serve alongside of us. So in terms of foster, how long have you done RFKC, and how did God call you into foster? And we'd love to hear that story from your first year at RFKC as well. All right, well, morning, everybody. Uh, so my name's Matt, and yeah, it was years ago we were at this church. It was uh, Fullerton Free, and we're sitting there one Sunday, just like this Sunday here, and a group of people came up on stage, and they were getting ready to be commissioned. We're going to pray for them, and they were going to go out and do this thing called Royal Family Kids Camp. And so for me, I was like a camp counselor, I was a Boy Scout, and I was involved with children's ministry. So I said, man, this is a perfect fit for us. So, but I had no idea what we were getting ourselves into. So the following year, we volunteered for this camp, and we went off to camp, and it was just a great camp. I mean, just like total just life-changing. And I'm, I'm kind of mad at Wilson. He says, hey, I want you to share on a couple of things, and both of them are life-changing for me, and you got to keep it down just a couple minutes. So <laughs> thank you for that. Anyway, so, so, so we go to camp, and we just get broken. Both my wife and I, now we brought our daughters, and it really changed our entire family dynamic. Just my daughters, my wife and I, and then after camp we said we got to become foster parents, and the reason why is we're there in our cabin. You want me to share about Robert? So, so we're in my cabin, and I got this boy named Robert, and he's all like, I got to go see my sisters. And I'm like, hey Robert, they got counselors. They're going to be just fine. He's like, no, I got to see my sisters. I'm like, bro, we're going to do BBs and swimming. We're going to have a lot of fun. I got to see my sisters. So like, he about something like, so of course, the little, finally I check in, I go like, why do you want to see your sisters? I mean, like, like you know, we're going to have so much fun. He's like, I never see my sisters. What I didn't know, my ignorance, is sometimes in foster families, the siblings get all broken up. So like, they, this, okay, well, we'll take the two girls, but we're not going to take the little boy. Or there might be two siblings, and they break them both apart because somebody only wants to take one kid in. So 
Robert never sees his siblings except for camp. That's the only time of the year that he gets to see his, his two sisters. And he was the older brother, and he was very protective. I, and when I heard that, I was just broken. So after camp, I told my wife, I said, we got to become foster parents because they should not be breaking apart siblings. And so right after camp, we did that. We became foster parents. We started getting placements with sibling sets, you know. And then, of course, God had a different plan for us and wanted us to bring a teenage daughter into our home. And I don't know if Sonny's here or not. But anyways, so uh, it was just great that, uh, that God even used what we learned with the, with the sibling sets to help us with the teenage girl and just really totally blessed that ministry in our lives. Yeah. Uh, Matt, can you share about how you decided to come to Renew, which is super exciting for me. <laughs> All right. So, so. Read the script I gave you. No, no, no. <laughs> Now, this, this, is, this is from the heart. This isn't his script, because I'm even going to poke fun at you a little bit. The, uh, no, uh, Renew, I found out about you guys years ago. I'm very involved, like you said, with OC United, and Renew was sending out some work teams to go do work projects like Love Fullerton and different things, and these Renew teams would come out. And I'm sorry if I don't remember who you guys are. You might be going, yeah, I remember you, Matt, but I don't remember you guys. But I do remember you guys showed up, did amazing work. Like, we were doing some hard projects, right, physical projects. You guys got in there, nobody complained, everybody worked hard, and then when you guys were done, you were thanking me for the opportunity to serve. And so I'm like, like, who are these guys from this renewed church? Well then at camp, different people started showing up, a couple people, and a couple more people. They're like, man, these renewed volunteers are really, really nice people. I mean, and then we even met Wilson, I mean, he's okay, but, 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 but he's not like you guys. You guys like, but this last year at camp, we, we go to camp, and, and I think there was about 20 Renew volunteers. And you guys, and if you're in the room, and I know some of you guys are because I'm recognizing some of the faces, just amazing. Now, not I'd say that, plus the ones that had previously gone to camp and the Renew ones, but just we had a lot of college-age kids. I should say kids or adults. College-age adults that were just loving on these kids, serving, would do anything we asked, didn't question why. And so my wife and I were just all like, or I'll speak for myself. I was like, man, something special is happening at this church called Renew. Because I can remember the, the service projects, and I remember that, like, how could they have such amazing volunteers? And I truly, I wanted some of that, right? So it's the Sunday right after camp, right? And so my wife and I are like, you know, we ought to go to the Renew just to be there to be support, because there's so many, 20 volunteers. We should be there because it's camp. You need to kind of talk about camp. You know, that's, their camp is pretty heavy, so sometimes people need to talk through some of the things that happen at camp. Because like I said, my first year at camp, it broke me, so it, it has that ability to break a lot of people. So we, we went to Renew to kind of be supportive of, of the people that went to camp, and then my wife and I, after services, all like, well, did, you, did God tell you what he told me? And I'm like, yeah, this is our new church. I mean, <laughs> Renew is just so special, and... <laughs> And it just, I mean, it just, it truly is, guys. That this, this church has something special, and it's very attractive. And so, so that's why my wife and I, and I think we were here only one or two weeks, and they said, hey, Matt, can you help in children's ministry? <laughs> Which I need to run back to because I got kids up there. But any other questions? Or? No, you're good. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much, Matt. Um, yeah, I, we pray for people like Matt and Deanna who will be fathers and mothers to our church. He gave his kidney to his last pastor, by the way. So I'm expecting like a lung. Um, Joanne, would you, Joanna, would you share as well? Um, you know, Matt set up this camp years ago, and we got to participate in it. And so 
Joanne's part of our college ministry. She does vocals for us. Could you share a story about RFKC and also just how it changed the college group and your life by being a part of the, camp, the foster camp? Hello. Um, I'm not nervous at all. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so in April, P. Will came to talk to the college um, group about RFKC and what it was. He showed us this, um, this video and it all made us very sad. It's like, oh man, this camp sounds pretty cool and I'm not doing anything this summer. So I joined and everyone kept telling me, oh, this is going to change your life. You're either going to love it or you're going to hate it. And I'm like, okay. Um, so yeah, uh, I'm not a big kids person. I love kids and they're really great. And I know I don't have the same calling as Nina, but I was like, God, um, I just pray that you may use me and give me the love for these kids because I know they come from broken lives and broken families. So um, I said, okay, let's go. And it did, it did really change my life and God I don't know, like it definitely wasn't for me, the Lord really poured in this love for these kids, um, and they felt like little siblings, and I've never been more tired in my life. Um, I am a college student, I'm a nursing student, whatever, I've never been more tired in my life spending a whole week with these kids, it was only five days, not even a whole week, um, and... Yeah, we got to share the love of Christ with these kids. We got to sing worship songs. We got to do the hand motions. We did Bible story. We played from literally like 6 a.m. till 9 p.m. until they finally went to sleep. And it was hard. It was hard. It was an all fun and games. I think at the very end of the day, I was like, man, I'm 22 and like my back hurts. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, getting to share this with um, my church family as well. Uh, the kids would go to sleep, and then we'll stay up until 2 a.m. debriefing about how our day went. Um, but it was beautiful, and I guess, like, one story I'd share is um, I, I was a relief counselor. I didn't have any kids assigned to me, but um, still, like, I was a seven-year-old girls, and then all, like, line up, and we'll all go walking, and they're, like, this big. They're super cute. Um, but, uh, like I said, these, these kids really love this camp and it's really impressive because I know kids now love iPads and stuff but these kids really loved camp and when we're riding the bus back home they're like oh brace yourselves they're gonna cry and I'm like okay whatever um and just seeing these kids like either losing it and crying or tears rolling down their face um just to see like how how touched they were and I know it wasn't just because of the games and all of this but because God definitely met them in some um, way. But yeah, very blessed. And I hope um, short-term goal is that when I become a nurse, I hope to serve there as a nurse. So yeah. Thank you so much, Joanna. Thank you. Yeah, um, I love our college group. They hang out all the time. You know, they're always eating together, hanging out at each other's houses, playing together. And I had that in my college group too. We were really tight. But I look back at the years we spent together, and we didn't really do something with purpose and meaning. We didn't take risks. And to see our college ministry step out and serve uh, these kids who are in the foster system, it just refocused why they are friends, that their friendship has a meaning and purpose and causes change. 
We have one more uh, short story. So I'm going to invite Dario up as well as Rebecca. And Dario shared his story a few months ago. Uh, he's battling cancer. Rebecca leads our care ministry. And so we're just going to end our time getting a short update and then praying for, and then Rebecca will pray for Dario. Um, so Dario, can you share a, a prayer request and how Rebecca has encouraged you over your, your journey battling cancer? Hi, everyone. It's a pleasure to be here with you guys. May I say some words? <laughs> yeah, uh, I think not everybody here knows about my story. Uh, I see many new faces. And, but what happened one year, a little bit more ago, I was diagnosed with colon cancer in the level four. Uh, in that moment, I was, I, I, I got not so scared because I, in my ignorance, I saw level four. I think normal the levels are from zero to ten. <laughs> but no, my friend, Dr. Ken, let me know that he understood that I was not understand what was happening. He said, Daddy, level four is the deadline. And yeah, I was listen for everything was the people our friends were talking here for us and i was looking for a small phrase to synthesize what is happening here today and what came to my heart is we are talking about god's family and renew church is uh, amazing god's family God is here, Jesus is taking care of us every single day. Uh, my story is, is not the most important story of every us here. Every us has his, your stories with God. And he cares about me, he cares about you, he cares about Rebecca. And to be uh, in... in uh, Inside this church, for me, it was very important because to be included here, because I was diagnosed by Dr. Kenneth, uh, was a miracle, a miracle, and God has his specialized in, in realize miracle in, through our lives, and this is why we are here for. Because we need to share with others, to encourage one another how many blessings God can do through us and, and bless other people. And Dr. Kenneth introduced me to UCI in the velocity of the light. My gosh, in two days I was inside the hospital and less than 15 days I was running the, the first chemotherapy. And one question that uh, was important for me and I will take for all my life. In the fourth month of my treatment, my oncologist asked me, Dario, how did you know Dr. Ken was who he is when you looked for him? And then I said to her, I didn't know. But I know who, who knew about that. Our God. 
And yeah, he brought me here. He used Dr. Kenneth to, to bless my life. He grew in new church and was completely important because two, three, three weeks after the, the diagnosis, <coughs> I remember in a service, Dr. Kenneth said, today we are praying for healing. And yeah, now we are one year, two, three months later. Last month, I went through a huge surgery in my, they removed my colon cancer. I don't have colon cancer anymore. Praise be to the Lord. And the huge importance of the prayer of the church through Wilson, through Kenneth, through my friend Rebecca, this family has supported us in a wonderful way. Weekly, we have been together and they are praying for us always and we feel the love of the Lord here. And this is to encourage of everybody here in this morning because Sometimes you may think, oh, my story, is, it's so, my blessing is so small. No, your story can bless your brother, your sister. And we need to give the hands one to the other and go on learning about the love of God for our lives and walk together, learning and praise the Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Becca, can you share a little bit about how Dario has encouraged you as you've encouraged him? And then would you pray for him as well? Um, well, you did it without crying. We, we usually cry really easily together. So um, he set the bar high. But um, I have been lifted up and held up by family and community. And it has just been like the easiest blessing to um, be to love on and be loved by Dario and his family. And um, I say that I see Jesus so clearly through the way that he um, just shares his faith through the, his positive outlook. It is always, I am always blessed by his perspective and the generosity of he and his wife and Victor and their family um, every time I am with them. And so, um, yeah, it is a blessing. And if, if prayer and encouragement is your thing, I would love um, to, yeah, come talk to me. I would love to brainstorm ways that we can continue and grow a CARES ministry that just sees people and reaches out and supports and loves on one another. So, um, yeah, it's a huge blessing. And I would love to pray for Dario. Uh, God, we just thank you so much for these stories this morning. We thank you for evidence of your faithfulness, of your healing, of your... Um, your goodness, and I know I am just soaking it all in. I love hearing these stories of how you have orchestrated events in our lives that give us um, just a heart for others, and I love seeing you at work in this family. And so um, right now I, I pray specifically for Dario. We, we thank you for the healing. We thank you that his um, colon tumor has been removed that he um, is experiencing your divine intervention. We continue to pray for full healing, 
that the cancer that spread to his liver would also be eradicated, that the chemotherapy would continue to be successful. We thank you for um, Dr. Ken and the wisdom and the guidance of so many skilled doctors and medical professionals. And we just, we just claim your victory and full healing. We ask for provision, for continued provision and protection for Dario and Javi and Victor and their son Jonathan in Brazil and his family. We just ask that you continually surround them, that you would lift them up, that you would give them strength and resources and hope and continue to bless them as they bless so many others. And God, I just extend that prayer of healing for others here today. I know that we, um, we all come with burdens and wounds, um, whether it's physical or emotional. God, we just lay them before you and we thank you that you have made us each the way you have made us on purpose. Um, and I just ask that everyone here would feel surrounded and lifted up, that they would have the opportunity to reach out and ask for help if they need it, and that we would have eyes and hearts looking for others, looking for ways that we can um, just lift each other up, support each other. And I just ask that you would protect that sweet nature and culture of Renew, that we would um, just be that family who fights for one another and who who advocates for healing and, and victory. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. I wanted to point out a few resources on the description section. I do another podcast with Roy Kim, who's an MFT, as we think about life and ministry through the lens of Asian Americans. And we also have a children's book collection and adulting journal that I wrote with my wife, and collaboration with other members of Renew Church. I hope that would be a blessing to you and your family this holiday season. And again, we'd love to invite you to check out our website, come join us at Brea, California, and consider investing in our church. God bless you. Have a great holiday season.